Welcome to Who's That Girl, a new girl podcast. I'm Kelly and I'm Kritika. And today we're recapping the third episode of New Girl. So this episode is called Wedding, and it originally aired on October 4th, 2011. The writer of this episode was Donna Carey, who started on Late Night with David Letterman. He was the writer on The Simpsons for four years and continued to write on New Girl until 2014. This episode was directed by Jason Weiner, whose first directing experience was a short film called The Adventures of Big Handsome Guy and His Little Friend in 2004. And while he only directed two episodes of New Girl, including this one, he is an executive producer on Single Parents and directed six episodes there. And that's the other Elizabeth Merriweather show that Kelly talked about in a previous podcast. So diving into the episode, it starts off with Nick and Schmidt getting just dressed to be his pretend girlfriend at the wedding of one of their college friends. So Winston is the usher at this wedding and gets into a fight with an eight-year-old and just does a great job of pretending to be Nick's girlfriend. And so he uses that to get Caroline jealous and try to get back with her. Schmidt spends the episode pretending to be sober to hook up with someone that he's liked since college and Spoiler alert, it doesn't really work out. Um, Eventually, Nick finds out that Caroline does have a boyfriend, and so he gets really drunk, and it's Jess who convinces him to move on, and they all just dance it out and end the episode that way. So before we really get into the meat of this episode, I did want to touch on the theme song. So we've had three episodes so far, and the theme song has been different or looked different in each of them. Yeah, it's it's. There's definitely the theme of the Who's That Girl um, motto, which, pro tip, that's why we named our podcast Who's That Girl. Um, but in, you know, the first episode, it's kind of like, kind of like still pictures of Jess in different, in different poses, saying, and with the song in the back going, Who's That Girl? It's Jess. But then the second episode, it's that long version where it's like, hey, girl, where are you going? You know, lots of lyrics And with to that. everybody in it, because the first episode just had Jess. Just had Jess, and maybe because it was the pilot, and clearly we saw the switch from Coach to Winston. So the second episode with that long intro had Winston in it, and now the third one they were like, "Eh, we have too much other content. We're gonna cut down the theme song." So now we just have like, "Who's that girl?" It's Jess, and then they walk away, and you're just like, "Wait a minute! Like, <laughs> is that all we're getting?" Yeah, I definitely didn't notice the differences in the theme song when I watched this the first time around. Um, I did binge this because I did not start the show when it first came out, but I still never noticed that. And it was really cool to kind of catch that this time. Yeah. Well, and doing some research, I saw that like Zoe Deschanel actually helped write the song. I mean, she's back some minor background on Zoe is she like, she's my best friend, right guys? (laughs) She, um, she is, is very musically talented, if you will, was in a band with, um, M Ward and is it like, it's called she and him. So some, quirky music, very Zoe Deschanel style, but he, she wanted this theme song to be like the Mary Tyler Moore show. I don't know about you, Kritika. I've never seen it. I don't know I that theme not. song. No. I guess I could have looked that up in my research too, but um, basically the the little tagline that I saw was that Zoe wanted the song to be a beat like that. So I guess that's where like her motivation for it came from. But also in my research, I found there's actually like a four minute version of the song. Like it's a full song. So, oh, wow. Like, Wow. Yeah, right? Like, it's a full song, and it has, like, all the characters from New Girl, like, in a music video of it. And I didn't actually watch the whole thing, but, like, I saw that it existed. I saw, like, the lyrics for the song were, like, really, like, there's, like, verses and choruses and everything. And I was like, it's a very interesting thing that... (laughs) We'll find it, and if we can put a link to it, we will, so that you guys can go check it out yourselves. Yeah, but don't, I mean... With spoilers, potentially, of all the cast. Yeah, I don't know. We, I didn't finish like looking at it that closely. But then, I mean, we've already said, you know, Critique and I have seen most of the show before. But from what I can remember, they never play like a four minute version of the song. So I don't know why they wrote a four minute version of the song. And it wasn't just like, maybe we'll find that there are different portions of the song every season or just random episodes will have different parts of the song. Oh, okay. Well, New, new and upcoming. Who knows? We'll, we'll, every now and then we'll check in on the theme song and see where it's where, where it looks like and what's going on. Let's talk about how this was a wedding episode. And I mean, it's called wedding, like Kritika mentioned, but just behind the scenes, I, I am married. I did plan a wedding and I just, I mean, weddings are kind of fun. And I just want like going to weddings is fun. Being in weddings is fun. So I want I was like really interested. I also remembered this episode very, very clearly from when I first watched the show. And I was just like, this was a fun episode. Watching it back, I have some different views. Yeah. <laughs> Still very fun. <laughs> but a few moments are a little 
questionable, but just like with the weddings, one thing I found super funny on this um, was how Nick and Schmidt in the first scene, Nick and Schmidt are already dressed, hair is done, ready to go, look super proper. And Jess is in her bathrobe deciding what to wear. Yeah, I was really wondering about that. Like, did she have no notice? Like how much time has she like spent in this apartment? Like, I wish we had a little bit more of like, how long each episode like the time between each episode so has she been living there a month two months a week because I mean if assuming it's a couple months like I would assume she hadn't noticed she was going to a wedding and would have clothes picked out ahead of time yeah or or like not only clothes picked out ahead of time but like what was the interaction for not only because not only is she going to this wedding she's pretending to be Nick's girlfriend at this wedding right like that was established in the first moment and you're just like wait how like what was that conversation like? Like, hey, new roomie, we need you to go to this wedding with us because Nick's ex-girlfriend's going to be there and we need you to like be his girlfriend. And you're just like, that all, sure. we just assume yeah. that. <laughs> sure, no problem. Right up my alley. What are you talking about? Just the prepping for the wedding was kind of funny. Um, another thing I found kind of funny or like, I just like had this moment with Winston where I was just like, yep, we've all been there, Winston. When he's like, does it look like I'm playing overseas basketball? like he's like not ready for all the questions at the wedding and he's like people are gonna ask oh how was Lafayette how was basketball and it's like does I do I does it look like I'm playing overseas basketball and you're just like I know your pain (laughs) I don't know about you but I feel like those questions no matter how like I've even asked those kinds of questions you know you're just like that's just what people do I guess yeah and I mean I think it's one of those things where it's an excuse to get together so you're seeing people after a long time so you're like not really thinking about what kind of questions you're asking, but definitely um, unwanted questions at weddings is not a um, (laughs) unheard of thing for sure. Right. Yeah. Well, and speaking of Winston, Winston as an usher, that was interesting. Yeah. So, okay. I'm Indian and we don't really have the same customs and such. So like, not that people aren't like escorting people to their seats, but with the kid like was that someone that was in their family that was a backup usher like I've never really heard of backup ushers is that a thing or like alternate ushers yeah no I've watched that or like especially how Winston was so excited at the beginning like going to the wedding he's like I can't be late I'm an usher like usually ushers are for like the family members that like you had too many of them to be bridesmaids or or groomsmen and then you need someone to do an usher you know you're like oh we're you're still special to me but I have no job for you but I'm gonna make you an usher like that's usually how that happens but like at this wedding it didn't I was kind of confused on the connection to the wedding and why they were going to this wedding but somehow Winston ended up as an usher and he made it sound like oh like I got it as a job like he had so little that he yeah. wanted it to be a job and like okay I kind of assumed and like I said it in my recap like I think they're college friends because that's where they kind of like, I just assume because of the time frame, but I'm not actually sure how they even know this person because like all of them know the bride and groom, but they're also not like close enough that they're there ahead of time, except Winston, who's the usher. Winston being an usher was kind of odd. I mean, I guess not the fact that he was an usher, but the fact that they were making it like, well, I'm usher and I'm alternate usher. But then again, for a kid, for like an eight year old kid, like, that is kind of a big deal to them because they really are just children. So like, I don't know, maybe that, maybe the kid was more related to the, to the couple than Winston was. Yeah, maybe. Cause you're right. Like he made it a very big deal for him. And then there's Winston. And then there's, and then there's Winston, um, which later on with Winston, like this, this usher kid, like it then becomes some kind of feud, I guess, like they needed to give Winston a storyline in this episode. And so he is having this dance off with a kid that even the DJ is like, Ooh, it looks like we have a dance off, which like, do people do that? Okay. So I have serious questions about dance offs. (laughs) I have seen them in media everywhere. I have seen maybe one at like a high school dance but I don't understand how you win a dance-off like what who judges it who says that one dance move is better than the other like this has actually been something that keeps me up at night I do not know how you win a dance-off I also well okay first my opinion especially at a wedding DJs don't just come out and be like looks like we got a dance-off and you're just like like those kinds of circles form, right? Like school dances or other dances, like people make a circle and some people go in the middle and do their thing. And I don't think it's supposed to be like a win thing. That's why I'm like, that's why I was confused that the DJ was like, oh, looks like we got a thing. Cause it's like, 
people go in and do their moves and they get out and they don't have to be that special. Like that's kind of how I know it. But like, I guess Winston and this kid feuding, like, yeah, I don't know how that, how that was getting determined, but clearly it ended very awkwardly. Oh yeah. And I will say I have been at weddings where there's like a big circle and someone's dancing in the middle, but not a dance off. And also definitely not a dance off between an eight year old and a grown man. Yeah, that was that was weird. It was weird that like Jess was like trying to get out. Winston was like getting close. You're just like Winston the kid gets scared and calls his mom and leaves, yeah. and everyone blames Winston, which I kind of get. I mean, it's kind of on Winston because he's the adult, but also really, yeah. I it it was a little contrived. I feel like his whole his whole storyline with this kid and the ushering and the dancing and like Winston trying to prove himself to a child like there's more to come for Winston I I hope and I'm sure I guess but I hope I mean he can't just be that side character that has no. the, like not even b plot but c plot of the whole show because I mean Schmidt really was the b plot <laughs> yeah but before we get there like also with this wedding I don't know about you, Katika, but I was, I was the scene where Nick gets drunk and he's like drunk and he's and he's like mm-hmm. in the video. They put up a sign like there's like the cardboard cutout of the couple in like Hawaii, which also like I guess sorry. I hope they're honeymooning there. I know, like, right? <laughs> I'm hoping that's why it's like that. Although they already had the photo, so I don't. Maybe they got proposed, like they got engaged in in Hawaii or somewhere tropical. Yeah, I'm not sure, but like, sorry, not sorry to those with their themed weddings, but really to me, like the cardboard cutout of them and their like Hawaiian tropical garb and like the backdrop. And also I couldn't, but I couldn't help but notice they had a sign and the font of their sign, which like, am I a nerd? I don't know what this makes me, but like the font on their sign was definitely the fruit ninja sign or the fruit ninja font. And I was like, that is a fruit ninja font. Like, why are you using that for your wedding? Yeah, I did not pick up on that. I also (laughs) didn't play a ton of Fruit Ninja, honestly. I was more concerned around the fact that, like, he he talks about, like, how cheap the guy is because he's a lawyer and his dad's loaded and, like, it's not an open bar, which, okay, to each their own views. But he also was holding a bottle of alcohol. And you're like, (laughs) okay, so it's not an open bar, but you bought an entire bottle? I don't even think they would let you do that, honestly, like because of the liquor laws, even I mean, they're in LA, right? So assume the wedding's also in California, they all go but like, the liquor laws will probably not let you buy a bottle of liquor off of the people. Maybe he stole it. I was gonna say I think he swiped it. Yeah, that's the only way I can think of because we also saw Schmidt throughout the wedding, like having like um, glasses of alcohol and never paying anyone for it. So I was like, I don't understand if it's not an open bar, where's the money? But yeah. It's a very minor point, I know. Very, very minor. But still, like, wedding details, like, these things, like, they, they, they use their movie magic, right? Or their Hollywood magic. Yes. But but from that, too, like, just last thoughts, I guess, for me on this wedding was that it definitely, even though we kind of said, did it seem like they were college friends? They kind of alluded to, like, college memories in this. But, like, they also, other than, like, Schmidt knowing Brooke and Schmidt knowing Gretchen, they did not know any, oh, and Caroline, right, of course, they did not know anyone at this wedding. And even like, even when the bride and groom came out and Jess was like there, like it wasn't, no one was like, oh, like who's like, they, they were like, who's this girl? But like, no one seemed to be like, oh, Nick's girlfriend. Okay. You know, like there was no connection. Yeah. I mean, I feel like this is also part of like Hollywood magic because when a character on screen have has talking lines they have to pay them differently than people who are just in the background with no lines so I think that's part of it like I I hope they know more than like just each other in this and the either I guess the bride and groom um because when Nick was like talking to the cutout he was talking about both of them but yeah I hope they know more than them and I'm hoping it's just like a budget thing where they didn't want to like have a bunch of people talking and have to pay them as much I'm not sure though yeah I'm not sure and then just like they were at this wedding a really long time. I at least, I guess I know from, I mean, and it's different everywhere. So it really depends on like the venue that you have for like how long you have it. But for me, I know it was like a really big point when like looking at venues that like how many hours you got at the venue, it was either like four hours or five hours. And I don't know, like when I first watched this, I, I wasn't married at that point or like planned a wedding at that point. So I wasn't really like paying attention, but now I'm like, 
wait a minute. They talked about how long the ceremony was. Then they were just hanging out, getting drinks. Like then they were dancing. Then they were hanging out more. And I'm just like, this is going on and on. Like what, how long is, I mean, so Nick is talking about them being cheap, but if you go over your five hour limit, it is like very expensive at most venues. So yeah, but the ceremony itself would have been like was outside right so like maybe it wasn't like part of the same five hours because I can tell you that when you have an Indian wedding is it longer (laughs) like how long was your like ceremony portion the ceremony well we had like a like a traditional religious ceremony and it was about an hour okay so like I would say like without a lot of bells and whistles and without cutting down a wedding like an Indian wedding could take three hours for the ceremony. Oh my gosh. So when you're saying like five hours, you're talking about like the wedding and reception. The reception starts at like seven and goes to like two in the morning, like until people oh, wow. are like, okay, we have to leave. Okay. So <laughs> it's it's definitely like, I mean, it wasn't an Indian wedding that we were watching, but I can tell you that like weddings can be long. Weddings can be long. Okay. Well, they were there. Well, I guess on that note, weddings can be long. But most people don't stay for the whole wedding, especially when they don't seem to know the people very well. So per my previous point. (laughs) If it was an open bar, right? Again, like if you're at least getting free drinks and you like to dance, like I understand being there. But unless they were just there, I mean, it seems like they were just there for Schmidt and then they couldn't get Nick and Caroline and yeah, different things. So yeah, it was kind of interesting. So at this wedding too, though, was Jess and... It was kind of cute. There was this line, you know, at the beginning, she's like, oh, I have to suppress the Jess. But clearly from this episode, you can see you can never suppress the Jess. She came out strong. (laughs) She um, just like watching her idea of what she should wear to a wedding and like her like she had fake teeth. She I don't even understand. Like how how would that be something that you would want to wear to a wedding? Like there are going to be pictures around. And also, you know that you're trying to get Caroline to see that Nick's moved on so like how would you not put on that purple dress from the beginning and also she was wearing this like yellow dress and then goes in the closet and comes out in one minute like perfectly dressed like completely ready to go and again I know Hollywood movie magic I get it but I have never looked that good probably ever but like in that amount of time (laughs) like it's never taken me that little time right like well and I mean it seems she has like this amazing huge closet by the way but like she goes in two seconds later she's out she's like her hair is done even like she looks nice but then her teeth right like I don't know I thought the teeth like to me it just like felt very just I think you're right I honestly I I made it I made a thought like I was thinking when I watched I was like oh I love her teeth I love that she's like hello you know like she's trying to look cute but like has these teeth but then I definitely didn't think about the pictures and like, like, even if you don't know anybody there, like you still need to look like you still want to look nice for the wedding because you're probably going to be in the background of some people's photos forever. Like you have your wedding photos forever. So like, you're going to be in those photos. Yeah, I I think the teeth, they were absolutely just, but I feel like I mean, and this is a comedy show, like in reality, I don't think that she would necessarily want to try that. But um I mean, I think we're still learning at this point, like who Jess is, how quirky is she? And I think it did a really great job of like going into that. And especially like she wears bicycle shorts under her outfit. And uh, I think the quote was like, the only way I fit in this dress is by wearing little girls bicycle shorts underneath. Yeah, I love that too. Because then she followed it up with like, I won't be peeing tonight. Oh, look, bubbles. And I'm just like, yes that's me all the time like (laughs) thought process is moving all around all the time and also like so many times when you're just like when you get ready for a really nice event and you're like all put together even if you don't have the bicycle shorts on under the dress like you're you know that you're like okay bathroom is for touch-ups only (laughs) like you need to keep it simple anytime you wear like a romper or something like that it's like oh okay I need to like ready myself for what this night is going to bring because there are no options to go to the bathroom. Like you said, touch-ups only. Yeah, right. You just like, just go, and you really just go to the bathroom, honestly, right? Like at these kinds of events to just chat with your friends for a moment, like your girlfriends and just be like, so wait, oh my gosh, what's going on? Like, how's this going? So like, and just take a breath from like everyone and yeah, so much noise and everything. Exactly. But yeah, it was cute later, speaking of the bathroom, how she couldn't feel her legs and she literally had to go to cut her pants off with a butter knife. Like, that seemed extreme. Yeah. You could have just peeled them off, right? Like go in the stall and peel them off. 
Exactly. Or like a little bit of props because how did you get bicycle shorts off with a butter knife? Like that thing doesn't cut anything. It barely cuts butter. Yeah, it barely cuts butter. Tagline. <laughs> butter knives. They barely cut butter. <laughs> that's pretty funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, so taking taking those pants off, that that seemed a little unrealistic. But the 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 wearing of the pants, I guess to me made sense under your dress. Um yeah, just like last with Jess, like on her own. It's just <laughs> like Nick's trying to get Caroline to be like, oh, like, okay, Jess, like go do that thing. And she's like, yeah, I'll go do that thing. But it was right when the bride and groom were entering and she's just like, yay, welcome. I'm so excited. And I'm just like, Jess, just like step to the side. Yeah, I didn't understand that. Like you, all you had to do was step away. Like I understand like you got caught, they're coming out. You can't really like not do anything, but like just take five steps to the right. You don't have to like introduce them, but that is so Jess, right? Like that is how someone with that personality would be like, okay, I have to make this better okay and props to that bride and groom they had no idea who she was they had no idea who she was with and they went with it I mean you could see like a little confusion and then they're like all right well this is our wedding now so great (laughs) that's true yeah so even you really can't suppress the dress she's everywhere um speaking of Nick Caroline and Jess all of them together and like we kind of touched Jess and Nick pretending to be or like Jess and Nick to, pretending to be a couple to make Caroline jealous. I don't know about you, but the whole scene of Jess meeting Caroline for the first time where she came over when they were sitting down and they were just kind of trying to be all cute and stuff. And then she's like, Nicholas, you have to introduce me. You know, I just, I died from that moment, that whole scene. I just was like, this, this is gold. And this is like, like confusing her name so many times and being like, and it's not like a, it's not like a name that you can't say. Right. Like, it's not like it's, it was so like the comedic humor in that like moment was just gold. Like how many times she butchered it and then like laughing it off and saying, I give up. Yeah. Right. I give or up. like <laughs> also like throughout the whole, like her interactions with Caroline, um, she starts off by saying, we just, got together Mm -hmm. and like you know they talk about like I think you said like barely sleep so much doing it but they also are like talking about weddings and she's like I'm just getting ideas in case this guy wants to commit and I was like that's not overselling how (laughs) yeah maybe a little bit too much in the other direction like slow your roll if you just started dating you're probably not trying to get married and that would scare a lot of people away right away. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, and who knows, maybe like when, when Caroline was first meeting her, maybe she was part of her was thinking like, is this really who Dick is with? But then also was like, Nick is probably with this person. Because <laughs> he's an interesting character himself so far. Like he seems not too crazy, but then it's also like, you know, has these moments, which like part of that to me was like, they alluded like Nick or Schmidt and Winston alluded to like Nick writing a 10 page email on what she thought, um, what she what he thought she meant by like uh see you soon or something like that you know and you're just like Nick really wrote a 10 page email that's not in character for him like maybe he was over exaggerating but it still like felt a little odd also it's an email how did you know it was 10 pages did you print it out did you take it to word how do you know it's a 10 page email yeah it's that's that would be a lot of words 10 pages too that's that's like an essay like a very involved essay so then later on, as this like scene is playing out through like Nick and Caroline, you know, they go to the to the photo booth and um, like Nick and Caroline are together taking pictures and stuff. And finally, Jess is like, oh, I guess I got to go get Nick. And so I, I, I mean, again, with the overselling Jess, you know, like she's being a little much because she pulls back the curtain and she's like, oh, Nick, what are you doing? Like, what is going on? And then Nick is freaking out because he's like, what are you doing? I'm like getting back together with Caroline. And like, she's like, our baby and our other baby. <laughs> like, it was, it was crazy. It was- I mean, but it was also like, not to take away from the humor of the moment, but like, it was also kind of heartbreaking, like watching Nick realize that. Caroline had a boyfriend and like had no intention of getting back together with him. She was just enjoying the attention really. And like knowing that she could get back. Like um, I think I've watched some other shows where they use the term like on the hook. Yeah. And he was definitely on the, on Caroline's hook. Yeah. Like she wanted, like, like they said, like they wanted him there or she wanted him there as a backup plan. And so, yeah, like in that moment too, like before Caroline says that, like Nick is going, Jess, what is wrong with you? And then she's like, nothing's wrong with like who I am. I'm getting my teeth back, you know? And like, you know, he finds out like 
she has a girlfriend, but then kind of spirals. But, you know, it's just Jess, Jess is really just like, you know, she's not suppressing the Jess again still. And she's also just being very like, I'm an okay person. Like, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I'm here to help you. I'm helping you. And like, if you don't like it, then don't be my friend kind of thing. So it was definitely an interesting, like, I swear that interaction was like 30 seconds if you rewatch the episode, but like, it was like a whole lot going on there. Oh, for sure. And like when I think Schmidt is the one who calls Jess a ruiner. Oh, I, yeah. I was so upset for her. And I mean, it definitely showed that it hurt her feelings as well. But just like being a, an audience member, I could not believe that Schmidt said that to her. And well, and then Nick is Nick, I guess, from that moment, leaves the photo booth gets drunk. We talked about the cutout and the punching of the cutout and has this whole moment, but ends up back in the photo booth. And then that's when like Schmidt, like, I mean, she has a moment with Winston that was kind of sweet and, and nice, you know, to like make her realize like they, they do really like her, but then she goes back to the photo booth to go help Nick out again. And I'm just like, Oh, well that's, that's big of you, you know, going back. But yeah, I mean, she's a good friend, right? Like she's, she's a person who's there for her friends. Like, at least that's the personality I see so far from her. Um, but Nick drunk in the photo booth is some quality humor. Like apparently yeah. he lives there now. When Jess comes in, he just like, he um, shows her all the rooms of his new home. It's an extremely sweet moment to see them bonding and Jess getting real with her, with him. I definitely had the like, I got too into it of like potentially what could be brewing here moment because I was like seeing her go in and he, ba she basically sat on his lap, right? Like she sat not next to him or like kind of next to him, but they're really squished together because it's a photo booth. And yeah, I don't know. So like that was happening and they're just like so close and they're looking at each other. And I was having, I was having a moment. I was like, mm, this is because, well, and Schmidt was like, Oh, like just, he keeps calling your name. And I'm like, yeah, no duh. Like, this is exactly. this is a moment. This is a moment. They are definitely teasing something here to us as the audience. But very quickly, you know, Nick is in this photo booth and Jess basically tells him like you have to like let her go basically and you have like two choices come out and like face it and he does and he comes and he talks to Caroline and he basically tells her that this has to stop. He can't do this anymore, which is all very serious just for a second though. He was so drunk. He was punching a cardboard cutout. He was telling them that he lived in a photo booth. And then he has this extremely mature conversation with Caroline. It does not track. I don't buy it. Yeah, that, that wasn't coming together. However, what does track is after that moment, Jess is finally like, I'm doing my chicken dance out on the on the dance floor. And, and Nick joins and then Schmidt joins and then Winston joins. And they have this kind of a nice little moment at the end. But I'm sure the the alcohol was helping him decide to do the chicken dance with the peck, right? Uh, rather than the, than the clap, <laughs> slow dancing. I, I don't even understand. And like just taking it back to the first time she did the chicken dance, she like started it off wrong. And then she was like, oh, I do it differently. And you're just wondering, like, what does she do differently? And then she says, oh, instead of clapping my hands, I peck like a chicken. It's more real. That's and so awkward to do. That's not even a dance move. <laughs> it's it's not. Picture, and, um, picture me. I would say me and Kritika, but she really did it. But picture me pecking my head in this moment to try to, like, replicate what Jess tried to do. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not a dance move, guys. I can see it. It's not a dance move. <laughs> but yeah. Um, well, okay, let's shift to kind of the B storyline, which is Schmidt, which is our ugh, not really on our top of our list this episode. Um, so his storyline's really around Brooke, the girl that he wants to get with um, and has been trying to get with. And he's at the bar and she walks up and says she's sober. And he just lies and says he is too. And we should definitely go into that. Just one quick thing. He tells her that he's seven months sober and then he runs and tells his friends that he's six months sober. And I was like- Oh, I didn't catch that. That's crazy. Yeah. He, he, he's like, because she says, I'm six months sober. And he said, same. And he says, well, seven months. And then he runs to the, the table and he's like, if, I, if anybody asks, I'm six months sober and I'm looking to settle down or something like that. Oh. And I was like, wait, but you just Slimy. told her seven months. Gross. Yeah. No, not about that. I I will say, like, 
it wasn't necessarily funny in that moment, but I was like, mm, Schmidt, like you're really trying real hard right now because then she leaves with her like seltzer, right? And he looks at the bartender, like this is how hard, like it's a paid bar, we've already said. It's a paid bar. He's trying so hard to drink discreetly and lie still to this Brooke person. And he's looking at the, the bartender and he's like, I'm going to need you to fill like a water bottle with vodka and bring it to the men's room in like 20 minutes, same page, same page. And he just walks away. I'm like, and then later you see him going, I need some alcohol right now. I'm like, clearly you did it. The bartender was not going to help you out. Like that is such a sketchy thing. Like let's meet in the bathroom with alcohol in a water bottle. Yeah, that's totally normal. That's what people do. Right? And like, not. The fa- that's just weird that Schmidt was really trying to be so serious about that. But yeah, I don't know. With with that whole Brooke storyline, though, for me, I was like, that first line where they're like, where Nick is trying to give context, right, to Jess, he goes, oh, he's been into Brooke since freshman year. And I'm like, wait a minute, didn't we say that these people were 30? Which means it's potentially six years plus from when they graduated college. So that's potentially 10 years ago that that like at the very earliest minimum 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 10 years minimum 10 years that schmidt's still trying to get her on his kill list which also is another thing he said like schmidt like that's pathetic like i'm sorry like if you're into someone that you had a crush on 10 years ago in college and like all that you liked them for was passing out after they got too drunk on your porch like as nick described her i think like an alcoholic cat like a hot alcoholic cat, like, oh my God, it's 10 years. Find something else. Like, move Okay. On. So the way I interpreted it wasn't like he was like actively pining after her for 10 years, but it was more like he liked her 10 years ago. And ever since then, she's been on his kill list. And it's like, it never will feel like he's, a, he wants to achieve that. So like anytime he gets a chance to see her, it comes back up. But I don't think he like thinks about Brooke when he's not in her presence. Well, same, but like, still that's that's a little ridiculous like you're really just trying I mean I'm not I'm not disagreeing (laughs) with you at all I know I know (laughs) but yeah it's just ridiculous that he's that it's so I mean I I was just like when you really are putting it together and we're like I mean clearly we're thinking about the show a little bit deeper than like a, a simple 20 minute watch through that I was like wait you're 30 plus years old and this was 10 years ago in your life maybe maybe late 20s right like we don't know but still late 20s is still a decade out of college yeah so. yeah uh, yeah or decade from freshman year I should say but yes it's it's a lot but enough that later Schmidt even at the bar was like oh how were your classes and you're like did you clearly not talk to her in school no like, he he well I mean if she was always passed out when they when when he saw her like didn't he like get leave food for her or something like when she passed out that's what I remember from the episode like being nice or something and you're like okay well you were nice then but this is not nice of you now like come on yeah exactly but that's not the only woman that Schmidt um interacts with at this wedding there is also Gretchen who apparently they have sex every wedding yeah, I've like every wedding and they show two cutscenes. Okay, like they're in mm-hmm. a closet at one and then they're it seems at a Jewish closet at another wedding. But you're just like, okay, that's two weddings. So you, this is the third wedding you've seen this person and you only hook up at weddings. You don't talk to this person and you never go on a real date, which they kind of established at the end. But it's also like, how many weddings have you really been to with this woman? And how do you guys have the same friend group that you get invited to the same weddings? And she never- It has to be college. Well, I guess college, I guess. That would make the most sense. But Like, I mean, it has to be college and it feels like they were like maybe in the same dorm or something like that because you have to think that they probably know each other from freshman year because- he knew Brooke from freshman year and we're assuming this is a college wedding. So it feels like there's just, I, I, I think we both know that like once you hit late twenties, early thirties, you just get invited to wedding after wedding after wedding. So I get it. Like, I think that that's the connection, but still like they made it seem like they were going to weddings all the time. And yeah, I don't go to weddings all the time. Well, I don't go to weddings. I don't know about you, but like, I was just thinking about it too. Like there are a few college friends that I have been invited to their weddings and like gone to over the years, but like, it's not the same friend group every single time because I feel, and and not, I guess, I mean, I'm speaking my own experience right now, but it's like, if you really have that close knit friend college group and you're all going to the weddings for everyone in that group, you would think that every wedding you go to is the same group of people, Right. But not, I don't know, like for me, it's like I've gone to different people's weddings from college that I know, but it's always different groups of people because it was always different groups that I was part of. Right. Well, so 
I, um, I know people from my college and like, if you, I was personally in like a business fraternity in college. And so mine was one of the smaller ones, but some of the ones that have like 200 people, there's like a, the friend group is like 50, 60 people. Cause you like all pledge together and stuff like that. And so like when, and when everyone starts to get married, it's all like wedding after wedding. And I see photos all of the time on social of media. Of all the same people like, oh, going to the same weddings for all their All friends. the same weddings. Oh, yeah. interesting. So I think it's definitely like a thing. Um, it does feel like maybe like- <laughs> Am I just closeted? In particular. I'm just joking. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, this Gretchen character, we just were like, how many weddings? Why does Schmidt hook up with her every time? Is like, but like some, I don't know, something in him likes hooking up with the same person you would imagine. Cause like, or he's just such a bad, like since he had such a bad interaction with Brooke, that's probably his regular interactions with other women. I I can kind of see that. I think like, you know, Schmidt shows the only sign of redemption in this entire episode at the very end when he and Gretchen are together and he asks, maybe we should go on a real date. Maybe we should explore this. It's the only potentially redeeming moment of him the entire episode that I can think of. And like, it, it was sweet to see that, but like, you know, Gretchen wasn't into it, which is fine. He was like, great. Is Gretchen like the guy version of Schmidt though? And is like too cool for Schmidt? Is that was that? You no, know, maybe, maybe happening? we'll see her come back into this at the next wedding they go to. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know if there are any other wedding episodes, but if there are, maybe we'll remember. see Gretchen. Yeah. May, well, and if, and if there is another wedding, I almost hope we see Gretchen to see like what that interaction would be for like. sure. But yeah, we have a few things to touch about with Schmidt. We're not quite done with him, but we're going to talk about our Schmidtism first. It's the very beginning of the episode where Jess is trying to pick a dress and Schmidt's telling her how he feels it should look. And uh, Kelly will be playing Schmidt in this. And I will be Jess. When I see you, I want to think, who let the slut out of the slut house? Probably the slut butler, right? We apologize for the accent. It's not great. But um, it does follow uh, after she does get dressed and come out, uh, Schmidt says... Ooh, who let the dirty slut out of the slut house? Not the best Schmidtisms, <laughs> but um, definitely when we heard them, we were like, well, Schmidt said that. Of course he did. Schmidt said that. Yeah, if you had to pick a character who talked about a slut house. Also, like, slut house? Like, I don't know. I'm like, that's such a weird way to put it. And like, also, it is a surprise for everyone on the call or everyone listening to us. It is not every girl's dream to come to a wedding looking like we came a slut out of the slut house. <laughs> you know, that's not that's not our goal here. I know I know Jess was trying to pretend to be Nick's girlfriend, but like a really like not slut type of girlfriend could have made a different impression on Caroline too. And also, she didn't look like a slut. She didn't look like a slut. She looked so nice. I mean, not that there's like a way to look like a slut, but like there was nothing about that that, you know, by society's standards would feel that way and also that conversation takes us right into not in 2020 like this conversation the way it's phrased would not happen on a show today yeah because he he basically then says like you know we're not trying to be mean but we don't want you to be yourself and that's where that whole suppress the jest comes in because she's trying to say that to herself because she's hearing this message now from schmidt for like again we touched on we don't know how much time is in between this but since she's moved in till this wedding, she's been being told by Schmidt, like, don't be yourself. Don't dress like yourself. Don't th do things on your own. Like, suppress the dress, you know, that concept. And it's just like, Schmidt, like, every <laughs> this whole episode, everything he did was a not in 2020 moment, almost. You're just like, yeah, please stop, Schmidt. <laughs> yeah. So like, some of the other things that we kind of noticed were like, he was talking about how he deserved someone like Brooke, really like harping on that very typically masculine idea of like just because you think you're good enough like you deserve this woman or something like that or you know we also heard that like he wanted to sit Indian style with Brooke um after indicating like different forms of sex really because like or positions because he was talking about being in the shower and other things and it's just like we don't say phrases like this and like Schmidt as a whole like everything that he was doing and saying making it a lot I guess on the like still applicable side like there was that whole fat schmidt which you're just like oh okay like mm -hmm. that's who he was in college which maybe is like the psychologist out there can tell us like he's trying to like overcompensate for maybe what his experience was in college but still like fat schmidt isn't something that he's saying about himself necessarily but that's what others prescribe to him so that too is like a 
don't nickname someone based on their body size. Like that doesn't, that doesn't work. We're not about that. Not in 2020. (laughs) Which is definitely not something that Schmidt did, but I was on the receiving end of, which is still like equally bad. Just, we're not just picking on Schmidt. We promise. Yeah, no, true. I know. I think, I mean, I'm really excited to see how his character develops and I hope it grows. I hope we don't get a whole season of wedding episode Schmidt. So. Agreed. But there were other people that weren't great in this too. Um, There was the little kid that Winston was fighting with and also Winston fighting with the little kid. But um, the little kid that Winston was fighting with, uh, not taking no for an answer when Jess didn't really want to dance with him and kind of forcing her to dance with him. It was something that like I know for us, like it was – shocking to kind of see like little kids like at that point where they're not taking no for an answer because and here's my thought on that is like if this kid's really trying to be like eight years old 10 years old he probably wouldn't know really what he was doing and I feel like that this is a case of like writers adult writers writing for a kid on what they think would be funny for an adult like to experience and I just feel like because yeah I feel like if 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 it was like a real child in that type of situation the child would be so awkward, even though this kid's really trying to be like, yeah, I'm better than you, Winston and stuff. But like Winston wasn't even there yet. So I feel like it was it was a weird moment. It's weird to watch it and be like, wait, why is this kid stopping her? Like this kid thinks he can get with Jess? Like, why did I, it was yeah. weird. It was weird. I think you're spot on with like adult writers writing children's thoughts, because like, I know we've all been kids, but like, it's still not the same as like, growing up as a kid now versus growing up as a kid when we did and like our parents growing up as kids it's totally different experiences so like I I think that's definitely accounts for like why that made us feel really uncomfortable and made Jess feel uncomfortable when she's like talking about it with Winston later well, she, in the moment I think with the child with the with the child <laughs> with the kid she says she goes this is uncomfortable or like I'm very uncomfortable right now and then she's trying to get Winston's help and Winston just makes it worse and like tries to do this sandwich thing and like body thing with her. And you're just like, at this moment, like you've maybe known her two weeks, like baby, you know, like you're not that close. Winston, you're not trying to get with Jess. Like, and you're also trying to prove yourself to a child with your sexy dance moves quote, you know, like what's happening here. It was just a, it was a not bad situation. Not in 2020. Don't, don't pro tip. If you go to a wedding, don't try to like body roll and dance fight some child by being overly sexual with a girl who does not want you to do that to her. Just take that with you. Nugget. Solid. (laughs) So kind of, kind of last on our, on our, on our not in 2020 list in like a different kind of way. Schmidt, it's kind of, it was kind of a funny moment because Schmidt is telling like Winston and Jess, you know, are really telling Jess that like, you know, do you want to see a grown man cry listening to Simon and Garfunkel? But then it was interesting later on in the episode, Nick himself was like, I don't know, moment of like clarity was like, oh, like, do you want to see a grown man cry to like the people in the in the photo booth because he wanted to get in the photo booth. But just in general, like, if a grown man, grown man, in this case, like an adult wants to cry for any reason, go ahead, you can cry. It's fine. Listening to whatever music you want. At a wedding too, because that just adds to the drama and the bride and groom will love you for it because it'll just make their wedding more interesting. <laughs> You tell whatever bride and groom's wedding you're crying at that I said that. You heard it on a podcast and you'll you'll be in the clear, I promise. Get the stamp of approval. Um, So with that, kind of going into pop culture, you know, he said listening to Simon and Garfunkel. So Simon and Garfunkel, just to give some background there, is an American folk rock duo with um, singer-songwriter Paul Simon and singer Art Garfunkel. So they were one of the best-selling music groups in the 1960s. They had hits like The Sound of Silence, um, Mrs. Robinson, uh, The Boxer, and Bridge Over Troubled Water. And they reached number one on many charts worldwide. So very popular band. Maybe you've heard of them. <laughs> but if you haven't, so the, from the 60s, they have some good some good songs. I would recommend listen, looking them up. And I mean, at least that that reference, like, Nick wanting to cry to Simon and Garfunkel definitely makes sense. They have they have some pretty folky mellow songs that make you make you think, make you feel. I definitely recognize Simon and Garfunkel, but I could and some of those songs even, but like I couldn't like sing them to you at all. Also, no one would want that. So moving on to our other pop culture reference. Um, this is a pretty weak one, but they mentioned chicken dance and we talked about just doing chicken dance a little bit differently. So I looked up 
the history of the chicken dance. And apparently it was composed way back in the 1950s and it was actually originally the duck dance, but it wasn't getting very much traction. And um, I didn't, I'm not going to bore you with a lot of details about the chicken dance, but just know that it didn't come to the US until 1981. So like almost 30 years after it was created. And it came at the Tulsa, Oklahoma Oktoberfest. And I personally have never been to Oktoberfest, but people doing the chicken dance there is not what I expect when I think of Oktoberfest. I did think it was a little funny that going into this whole wedding episode, Jess was like, oh, I need to tell you guys how I do the chicken dance differently and like had that whole moment. And my first thought was like, wait a minute, is the chicken dance a popular wedding song? I don't know, maybe... Have you, have you ever danced the chicken dance at a wedding? Not at a wedding, but I've done like the electric slide and stuff. So I'm like, maybe it's like one of, I've done the Macarena at a wedding, I think. So like, if you could do the Macarena, why couldn't you do the chicken dance? I guess you could, but I guess to me, like the chicken dance and the hokey pokey are like one of the same, you know? But like, and they're also very childish. Like, yeah, as a teacher, we get why Jess like does this more, but but maybe that's just a quirky Jess thing. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe that's definitely a quirky Jess thing. Because yeah, I, w- I guess like you said, like electric slide or like the cha-cha slide, you know, but I don't know about that chicken dance. But it was fun to, fun to learn a little bit more. Thanks, Kritika. You're welcome. So jumping into our guest stars segment, the two that we're going to highlight today are Katie Cassidy and Natasha Leone. So for Katie, um, just a quick background for those who don't know her. She's actually got famous parents, too. Um, her father was David Cassidy, who was a pop star in the 70s. And her mother was Sherry Williams, who was a high fashion model in the early 70s as well. So some of the sh- uh, shows that you might have seen her on are Arrow. Um, she was she played um, Laurel Lance, and that's someone that that's a show I watch very regularly. And because of that, she's been in a lot of the other Arrowverse shows like Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, Vixen, etc. Um, she was also on Gossip Girl as Juliet, in case you didn't know that. And um, she was on the Melrose Place reboot. She was on a show called Harper's Island, which is one I haven't heard of. And then she was also a main character on Supernatural for a couple seasons. So it's funny to me because I've actually seen all of these shows except Harper's Island, but Kelly, maybe I literally Girl. have seen not like I've seen Gossip Girl, but I don't I don't think I made it through the whole way of Gossip Girl. So I don't know if I remember Juliet um, off the top of my head. And I also haven't seen any of the other shows she's been in. So she was in this episode and critique is like, oh, look, it's Katie Cassidy. And I'm just like, I didn't know that was a famous person. <laughs> and so the other person that we're really highlighting and just for reference, Katie Cassidy played Brooke on this episode. And so the other character is Natasha Leone, which is Gretchen. So both of Schmidt's interests are, you know, people he's um, involved with in this episode. Um, but Natasha Leone is most famous for Orange is the New Black. Um, she was also on Russian Doll and in some minor episodes of Portlandia. But she's also done a lot of voice acting, which I thought was kind of interesting. So she's recently in Ballmasters 9009, and Steven Universe, both of which I've never heard of. And um, she's in Simpsons and Big Mouth, which is a very interesting show. Um, But she's actually been acting since she was basically a child. She was a child actor. So I don't know if any of these shows are more up your boat, Kelly. Maybe not. Um, Portlandia. I mean, live in Portland. So I do, I have seen my share of Portlandia, but um, I've at least, I know a little bit more about Orange is the New Black and Russian Doll, I think just from being on Netflix um, and seeing those trailers. But yeah, Natasha Lyonne. Yeah. So um, anyone wondering on our guest star segment, I know like you've probably watched these three episodes now and you're like, um, are they going to talk about Mary Elizabeth Ellis? We are. We are going to talk about her, but not today. We're going to talk about her in a future episode. Don't worry. We're, we're not going to forget about her. She is also a guest star on the show or what we would consider a guest star. And we we were going to come back to her. So separately, <laughs> we're going to move into our news and gossip. So I am going to dive into my own personal gossip on this, and it's truly gossip because it's my own feelings about the beginning of New Girl as it relates to the movie 500 Days of Summer. Kritika, I do not think, has seen 500 Days of Summer. Definitely not seen it all the way through and kind of thought it was boring when I watched parts of it, which I know is really putting a strain on my relationship with Kelly right now. Yes, because I enjoyed the movie. I mean, 
It was, it was, it's like a cult classic, right? I don't know. I think it's like a cult classic. It's very fun. Um, if you don't know what it is or you haven't seen it, um, a really quick description of it is basically like an offbeat romantic comedy about a woman played by Zoe Deschanel who doesn't believe true love exists and a young man, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who falls for her. And it's about their relationship, but the way the movie is, is told to you is not told chronologically. It kind of jumps around of the 500 days that Joseph Gordon-Levitt character dates summer hint 500 days of summer that makes sense that makes sense so much today right so here's my i won't call it a conspiracy theory but it's my own thought like wow there's some interesting similarities between this this show and like the beginning the way this show has started and um 500 Days of Summer, which I believe 500 Days of Summer came out in like 2008, 2009. And as we've said before, you know, New Girl started in 2011. So as this was airing in real life, in in real time, to me, it didn't feel too far away. So I remembered watching this and feeling like, yeah, this has some 500 Days of Summer vibes. So here's my theories. They both take place in LA. In the last episode, when Jess was sitting on the bench talking to Spencer, there's definitely a very memorable scene in 500 Days of Summer, where Summer, Zoe Deschanel, sits on a bench with Tom, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and they have these, like, relationship DTRs, defining the relationship conversations. And then there's also scenes where they both go to weddings, and they're let down. (laughs) Critique is kind of laughing at me. I'm really making this a stretch. But um, they go to weddings in both, right? Um, I've seen uh, more of the show, and there's a few other moments in this first season that also seem similar. I'm not going to say what they are. We're not going to give you any spoilers. Then lastly, um, in this episode, Schmidt makes a reference to Sid and Nancy or uh, like to Brooke about how um, like Jess in the episode, he he specifically says um, like, oh, like trying to tell Brooke, like she was like about Jess. She was a mistake I, I made when I hit rock bottom. I was her Sid. She was my Nancy. And then I got sober and she couldn't deal with it. And um, also in 500 Days of Summer, Zoe Deschanel and Tom, or like Summer and Tom, have the same kind of conversation. Uh, Zoe Deschanel's character, Summer, is saying, we've been like Sid and Nancy for months now. And Tom says, Summer, Sid stabbed Nancy seven times with a kitchen knife. I mean, we have some disagreements, but I hardly think I'm Sid Vicious. And Summer goes, no, I'm Sid. Yeah. So on a very much lighter note than that, um, another piece of like news we were finding, um, we talked a little bit about casting in our previous episodes, but one thing we found um, was that when they were casting for the show, it was primarily through chemistry tests. So they had already found Max Greenfield, who people, who the producers loved for Schmidt. And so when, when um, Jake Johnson, Thank you so much. Um, When Jake Johnson auditioned for the part of Nick, he actually did his audition um, against uh, Max Greenfield so they could see how the chemistry between the characters that would become Nick and Schmidt felt. And so that's kind of why he got it as well, because that chemistry was very good, which is something we can see clearly from the first three episodes already. Yeah, they have a very strong but weird bond. Absolutely. So (laughs) looking at this episode from the numbers, right? 8.65 million viewers watched this episode when it aired and the current current rating on imdb is 7.6 out of 10 but for me this is really a 6 out of 10 it so far amongst the other episodes it just schmidt's character really brought it down for me but also there didn't seem to really like be anything to the story except getting nick to really move on from caroline so i did appreciate that like movement of the story and again it's a comedy so they're not going to be dealing with crazy serious subjects all the time but it just didn't hit quite right for me um what about you kelly how did you feel yeah i i guess i agreed a little bit more with imdb i gave it a 7.5 7.6 felt a little odd but i gave it a 7.5 out of 10 and i think my reasoning was i really got caught up in the fact that i i or i at least remembered that when i first watched this show i really remembered this episode and i remember just the giddy feeling of like the Nick and Jess moments and getting really excited to see if that was going to be a thing on the show. And like, that was going to be a relationship that comes through. Um, and so I was thinking, Ooh, like, is that something coming together right now? Um, but yeah, so memorable episode, Jess and Nick, 
that was cute. And um, really just like, I don't know, just getting to see these characters in a different setting other than the apartment. So for me, that that kind of is why I gave it a, a higher rating. So who is your favorite character? From this episode, my favorite character was definitely Jess. Um, as, as we kind of talked about, you can never suppress the Jess. She was wholeheartedly herself, even though people were trying to tell her not to be. And I just really loved like the, cutting off the bicycle shorts in the bathroom with a knife, butter knife was really uh, just made her the, the definite like favorite in my mind this episode. How about you? Yeah, definitely. Jess was also my favorite for a lot of the same reasons, but also because no matter what, she was really there for her friends. Um, there may be new friends and people she's really just met, as we kind of keep harping on here, but um, she's she was there for them. Like, not only did she agree to go to this wedding where she's going to know nobody and like agree to be a fake girlfriend, but when Nick really broke down and needed her, she was there for him. She was able to have a heart to heart with Winston. She even talked to Schmidt, although that didn't really get anywhere. Mm-hmm. But you know, she or she tried to talk talk Brooke up for Schmidt in the bathroom. It just didn't come across that way to Brooke. So yeah. um, I really thought she was like being a true friend in this, since that's why she was my favorite character. Yeah, Team Jess, Team Jess. So at this point. Um, thank you everyone for listening this far. We're going to be going into our spoiler section soon. So we want to give you a chance to log off, but before you do, please give us a rating on Apple podcast or leave us a comment because we really do want to get feedback. We want to take your feedback and improve from this. So please leave that on whatever platform you're listening to now, or you can send us an email at who's that girl pod at gmail.com. And we're also on Twitter and Instagram at who's that girl pod. So thank you so much. And we're going to give you an extra five seconds to get out of here before we start the spoilers. Okay, so spoilers, (laughs) getting right into our favorite part, at least my favorite part of the podcast, which is our end game couples. End game. We have trademark critique. <laughs> I wish. I really do wish. But um, we have been tracking Jess and Nick and Schmidt and Cece. So, I mean, Kelly, I'll let you take it away with Jess and Nick. Um, could you tell I was swooning? Swooning is a is yes. A yes, we could this. tell Kelly. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I just think they're adorable together. Like the moment at the beginning when, like, she's meeting Caroline and she's like hugging him. They're walking when they walked in. They were arm in arm. Like when they she gets in the photo booth and she's really giving him like, you know, it's okay. Like, you know, you gotta let her go and like you gotta, you know, get, get together. I also was like mildly like their faces are so close. They had this like one second moment where they're like looking at each other and you're like you guys could literally kiss right now and it would be like weird because you were drunk and it doesn't make sense. But also like that moment was like, you basically mentally kissed each other. So. Well, don't worry because right after that, Nick Nick was not drunk. So it's fine. It could have happened. And he, I mean, in a way, like to me, I'm like, oh, did he like cancel out like Caroline officially after that and like let her go based on Jess's recommendation so that in theory, he's like opening himself up to be with someone like Jess. I'm like, it could be happening. (laughs) I think that's definitely it. I think we're getting a lot closer to that end game. Um, Even like, you know, like he's always calling out for Jess and like just all the little moments, right? Like, I mean, he did push her away a little bit more in this episode when he thought he could get back with Caroline, but it was never like he wasn't actually the one that was ever mean to Jess in this episode. It was mostly Schmidt, a little bit of Winston, but like most like Nick didn't do that and so I thought that was very cool um so we decided to give a pretty high ranking it's a seven out of ten of like where we think this is going and based on this episode would they get together because there was a lot of like tension that you could feel and you knew was coming so then we've got Schmidt and Cece the opposite of Nick Jess and Nick in this episode so Cece wasn't in this episode so uh that from that alone it's very low. <laughs> but then on top of that, Schmidt tried to hook up with Brooke. Schmidt tried to hook up with Gretchen. Actually did hook up with Gretchen and didn't seem to be thinking about CC at all. So we know that they're in game. We know that that's coming in the future at this point in the podcast because it's spoiler section, but not in this episode. <laughs> wasn't wasn't here. So we gave it a zero out of 10 because, I mean, I don't think you can have end game without one of the two characters. Yeah, so then on Schmidt, on Schmidt again, uh, the douchebag tracker in this, all of Schmidt, no. The whole episode was just bad for him. 
Hard no. We we definitely spent a lot of time talking about Schmidt earlier. So just 10 out of 10. He's a douchebag. And he should have put it like over $1,000 in that jar this episode because everything, everything he, did. he did. So Winston, I, I just started to think it was so cute. Because like, if you watch the sh- like, you, you know, if, if you watch the show into further episodes, Winston kind of becomes this like, quirky character of his own like you know his cat ferguson and like other little moments that you're just like once it's a little different but like cute different but like soft like i want to be your friend different you know but in this episode he has this moment where he's talking to jess and he just goes i love bubbles too like you know so i just feel like his kooky side is starting to show and starting to come out and like we're getting to see a little bit more of like winston under the surface beyond latvian basketball player yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it is still really early. This is only a second episode in the show and the third episode of the series overall. But I, um, when we were doing some research earlier, I was reading that like when they originally envisioned the characters, they envisioned them differently. And I'm sure we'll talk about it more in further episodes, but they actually didn't picture Winston being really that kooky. Um, and so it's really cool to see how they're kind of embracing what really fits with the actor and what's really fits with the character. Yeah. So then one other spoiler, we, we kind of, I will say neither of us actually knew this when we watched the episode, but in like looking up some information about this episode, we saw this thing at, um, on IMDb that basically just said the song at the end of this episode that Nick and Jess dance to by Phil Collins is the same song that they dance to at their wedding, which very big spoiler alert there. I don't even remember the fact that they got married. I remember they got back together, but like very far in the future. I don't think I've even seen that episode, but of course like I know they were going to get married. So Right. Very cute thing to do though. If like, cause this, they went to a wedding. This was that first song that they really danced to, even though it was the slow dance of the chicken dance, <laughs> but it's still better. It's, it's still great. It's so cute. It's still full circle with them. Very, very cute. All right, so uh, that's all we got for spoilers. We want to thank you again for listening to Who's That Girl, a New Girl podcast. And um, our next podcast will be available in a week. So we're going to drop it in a week from today. And um, we hope you uh, go ahead and give us a rating and let us know what you think in comments on Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast. Also, we have an email, whosthatgirlpod at gmail.com. So please send us an email with your thoughts and let us know what you're thinking. You can also follow us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at whosthatgirlpod. See you later.